Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Here I am with you again, and we continue to talk about this beautiful word, sozo, which is used in the context of motherhood. Maybe it's been found in First Timothy 2, um, about 13 to 15. And I would like to read it to you in a couple of other translations. This is the Ways translation, and it says, Moreover, it was not Adam that was actually deceived by the tempter, but it was entirely through her being utterly deceived that woman has become uh, involved in transgression. Yet, through her motherhood shall women be saved. Through her motherhood. We found out last session that it doesn't mean only childbirth, but it's the lifestyle of childbearing, the lifestyle of motherhood, of embracing children, nurturing children. And uh, it goes on to say, If your women swerve not from faith and love and self-consecration coupled with virtuous self-control. The Good Speed translation says, For Adam was formed first, and then Eve, and it was not Adam who was deceived. It was the woman who was deluded and fell into sin. But they will be saved through motherhood. There it is again. Saved through motherhood. If they continue to have faith, and to be loving and holy and sensible as well. We realize that that beautiful word saved is sozo, and if I could remind you again, it means to be saved, delivered, protected, preserved, healed, and made whole, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Wow, you can't beat that, ladies. And that is the promise to you as a mother, as you embrace motherhood. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, we are preserved and saved uh, both physically, and, uh, but also emotionally and spiritually. And we're also in the context of that scripture, in those scriptures there, the context context is about deception and we are saved from deception and that is so true a mother who embraces her mothering and her home is saved from the deception of the enemy and the deception of the world I have watched this so frequently as women have given up their motherhood And they've just put their children out to be looked after with someone else, gone out into the career world. Of course, you can't do both. Yes, you can look after your one or two children and you can keep them fed and clothed. And of course, you can do that. And you can love them. Of course, every mother loves her child. 
But you can't fully embrace the lifestyle of mothering because you can't keep having children if you also have a career. That does not work. It's too difficult to fit them both in. And so women get into a different lifestyle. They go out into the marketplace, which is the world that God created for the man. And they become deceived. They often even... Well, often their marriages even fall apart. And, you see, mothering and, and mothering in the home is a protection. We're protected. We're protected against deception. And we're protected physically. Uh, I encourage you to look up Preserved Through Motherhood on the webpage. Um, but let me tell you a little more about this, too. This word... Uh, so, so it, it, it's so wonderful. Um, hang on, let me give you some more meanings. Oh, I, I found other in, more enlarging meanings as I studied this word. It also means to deliver out of danger or destruction and into safety. It means to keep safe and sound. To save a suffering one from perishing. To restore to health. To lift above trouble. To cause something to change to an earlier, correct or appropriate state. I think that's a very powerful meaning because we are living in an age of deception where so many women have moved from the estate of motherhood, the, the commission that God has given to mothers. And as they have moved from it, they need to come back to this, to his original plan. And, okay, remember, we are made whole. Let me show you some scriptures about this. This is such a wonderful promise to mothers. Uh, often we think, oh, how could I physically bear another child? But often in bearing a child, you are healed. Oh, there are so many wonderful testimonies of women who are healed from physical ailments through childbirth. Remember in our one of our last sessions, Serene shared how God completely healed her adrenals and her panic attacks by when she became pregnant, she never, ever had another panic attack again. That's over nine years ago. And so it is true that pregnancy preserves and it heals. Look at these scriptures. Talking about the woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. And Jesus said to her, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith hath made, the word is sozo, the whole, sozo. That Greek word occurs two times in that little statement. Your faith has made you whole. Has made, sozo, whole, zozo. You're getting it doubly there. And so we see that it means to heal. And Jesus healed her. She was made whole. What about when Jesus raised Jairus' daughter from the dead? 
And he went, and what did Jesus say? Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. My, she was raised from the dead. Mark 6, 56 says, And Jesus entered into the villages and the cities and the country, and they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. They were healed. The word is sozo. When Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus, he said, Go your way. Your faith hath made sozo. You whole sozo. The same word that is used for women that we will be saved through motherhood. Now, when Jesus healed the demoniac, it says they also which saw it told them by what means he that that was possessed of the devils was healed. So, so. When Jesus healed the ten lepers, Jesus said, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made sozo, the whole sozo. And so we get the message of the fullness of this word. It brings wholeness to our bodies. And not only wholeness, but so many blessings. Oh, another wonderful article. I wonder if you read in Above Rubies. It was How to Live Stress-Free in a Stress-Free World. That was in Above Rubies 92. Do you still have that copy? It's the one with um, Rashida and Shaq uh, on the front cover on the day of their wedding. And in this particular magazine... I write about oxytocin. By the way, you can also get that article on the webpage under uh, motherhood. You'll be able to pick it up there. Uh, this, and in this article, I wrote about this beautiful, um, wonderful hormone, oxytocin. And the amazing thing is, the more I studied it, the more I found that this hormone is released so much in our mothering lifestyle and uh, in, in the home. It is such a glorious thing. We don't really get a lot of oxytone sitting in an office. We don't get much oxytone, or I would say we get none when we're just working in a factory, or we don't even get much oxytocin when we're kind of out, you know, just in that career, fast-paced world. No, that's not where oxytocin comes from. Shall I tell you just a few of the places where we get it? Now, of course, first of all, I've got to tell you what it's like. I mean, the descriptions of this hormone are amazing. As I read scientific articles, these are some of the descriptions that they use for this hormone oxytocin. The most incredible molecule on the planet. It's called the stress-relieving hormone, the calming hormone. In fact, it reduces blood pressure, cortisol levels, fear, anxiety, and it even can wipe out psychological and physiological problems. 
Yes, they have even found it helps in PTSD. But it's also called the molecule of motherly love. The life hormone, love hormone, cuddle hormone, bonding hormone, empathy hormone, trust hormone, and get this one, the bliss hormone. Now, with all those descriptions, wouldn't you love to live an oxytocin lifestyle? I want to. I just think it's a beautiful hormone. Of course, I'm isolating it, and God doesn't isolate hormones. He has many, all the hormones that he gives to us, he has them all working together in, in perfect symphony, or they are meant to. When they get out of sync and they're not working in perfect symphony, well, then we have problems physically. But I just wanted to isolate this to tell you about it, but... Uh, it's not really meant to be isolated, and it, it goes with other hormones. And so, as I wrote in this article here, I'm just looking it up again here. I gave, I think, yes, 10 different ways we get oxytocin, and they're all very just beautiful, practical ways. But I won't talk about them all. Um, I'll just give you one or two here. Um, this, yes. Oh, well, let me tell you this one. Number one, live in a family. They have found that just living in a family releases oxytocin. And because it's God's way, he intends us to live. Number two, when we touch one another and cuddle, give hugs and kiss, we're releasing oxytocin. And of course, this happens in the lifestyle of mothering. You've got a little baby. You're just kissing that little baby. You're cuddling and holding that baby just nearly all day long. And, and as you're doing that, you're releasing oxytocin. It's so beautiful. We're meant to have babies around us. Now, of course, I'm a grandmother now and even a great-grandmother, but praise the Lord, I have still babies around me that I can Old. And they are oxytocin releasing. This is the lifestyle God loves for us. And it's not only with our little babies and our children as we hug them throughout the day, but it's also in our marriage relationship. We need to hug and cuddle and touch and kiss our husband as much as we possibly can. Uh, in Titus chapter 2, verse 4, the older women are to teach the younger women to love their husbands. Now, what does it mean, love your husband? In the Greek, there are four different words for love. Uh, there's that beautiful word, agape love. Now, that's a picture of God's love. We don't have this love naturally uh, because often we love when people love us. But God's love loves the unlovely. God's love loves when we're not loved back. God's love loves even when he's rejected and hated. Oh my, it's very hard for us to have that love. We don't have it unless we allow God's love to fill our hearts. 
And that's a wonderful thing. Sometimes things can happen in your marriage. Love goes out the door because you've been hurt. Oh, hurt can bring bitterness. Hurt just, it just wipes out love in the natural. But you see, we have something beyond that. If you are born again, you have Christ living within you. And his love loves even when you're rejected. And so you can still love with Christ's love that's in you. And so that's not the word that is used in this passage in Titus, but it is a word we need in our marriage because there are times when we do need agape love. We need love that's beyond our physical love. And uh, then, of course, there's eros love, which is sexual love. That's very important in the marriage, but that's not the word that's used here. Um, there's another word. Just forgotten it at the moment. Uh, but the word that's used here is philandrous. And that word is friendship love. It means to be affectionate and cuddly. Isn't it interesting that God uses that word? He wants us to be affectionate to our husbands, not just to know in our hearts that we love them. Yes, it's it's easy to, you know, begin to live like, live your marriage like that. You, you um, get into a bit of a rut. You know you love one another. You've got a good, stable marriage. But sometimes you forget to actually show it to every time you see your husband to touch him, cuddle him, just have a little smooch, love him. These are important things. This is what the Bible tells us to do. And every time you do this, you release oxytocin. Oh, wow, that is so cool. And so we live this oxytocin lifestyle. Also, we release oxytocin through eating. That's why it's so important. It doesn't mean just eating a sandwich on your, in the car. No, it's eating together, sitting around a table together. The togetherness, the release of togetherness and discussion and fellowship and heart-to-heart -heart talking, that releases oxytocin. Eating, and it's not just eating, it's eating and fellowshipping. It brings a calming. It's stress relieving. And so that's why it's so important, lovely, precious mothers, to make sure we prepare meals and we set them on the table and we gather the family. We don't ever allow our family, our children, to sit around anywhere in the house eating their meals. No, meals are to be eaten together, together. Just get it together. I just wrote yesterday on my Facebook. By the time you hear this podcast, it will be way, 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 way down. But I wrote about how our table is an altar. If you want to just read what I wrote, you can email me, just nancy at org. I'm always happy to send it to you. 
I haven't got time to go into that now. But I just want to remind you that it's also a place of releasing oxytocin, of course. Lovemaking in marriage, that's perhaps one of the greatest ways we release oxytocin, um, which is so wonderful, and that's why you don't do it every now and then. It should be a very regular part of your lives. And this is talking, even scientific studies say that this does not happen with people, with one-night stands. The the releasing of oxytocin through lovemaking happens in a, a stable marriage where the husband and wife are continually together. And, of course, embracing children. Oxytocin is involved in childbirth. Yes, even in uh, birthing children. Uh, Oxytocin is a very powerful hormone. And also in the afterglow of childbirth. Oh, have you experienced that? I, I cannot... I I cannot think of anything more incredible, of that incredible high, the high, it's also called the afterglow, that you have after you've given birth. Oh, it is so incredible. It's amazing. Of course, you don't get that if, if you haven't gone through the birth process. Many will just want to kind of get, you know, panned out and make sure they can't feel anything and they don't really go through the labor and they miss out. They don't know this incredible joy and high of of the afterglow of childbirth. That's oxytocin too. And then, of course, when you nurse your baby, oh, precious ladies, When you nurse your baby, you're releasing oxytocin and you're also releasing prolactin too. Both just wonderful hormones. If you are nursing, dear mother, oh, just embrace it with all your heart. Love these, these, the season of nursing your baby and don't try to stop it. Squeeze out as much oxytocin as you can because it's such a wonderful, calming, stress-relieving hormone. And God is so amazing. You see, he gives this hormone to mothers when they've had a little baby. It's stress-relieving. It's calming. It's bonding. It's loving. It's, It's this hormone that that it makes you more motherly and it also just calms you have you noticed i think you'll notice this if you've got quite a few children you may not notice it so much with your first baby but when you have two or three around you and they're all crying and this one wants you and this one's having a fight with another one and oh you goodness me you feel like tearing your hair out and then the baby cries oh and you pick up the baby And the milk lets down. Oh, you relax. It's oxytocin. You see, God, the giver of life, the giver of blessings, gives you oxytocin to enable you in your mothering. Don't you love him? Isn't God so good? And... 
prolactin. Oh, this is an amazing hormone too. In fact, science says that the more you feed your baby, the more motherly you'll become because uh, every time you nurse your baby, you release prolactin and it's a very motherly hormone and it's also a very, very protective hormone. Oh my, when you are nursing your baby, you are a protective mother. You are guarding, watching over your baby. Look out. This is why a nursing mother finds it so hard to leave her baby. Oh, because she has prolactin. And so embrace this time. Oh, dear mother, remember you are actually... The Bible says you are a suckling mother. Do you know that passage? And I'm just thinking of it now. Uh, in Matthew, Matthew 19. Let me go to it. The um, Pharisees, they came to Jesus and were tempting him and asking him about divorce. And Jesus answered them in verse 4. And he said, Have you not read? that he which made them in the beginning, made them male and female. We all know that scripture. We read it and we don't think too much about it because we say, yes, of course, he made us male and female. But when we look into the Greek word, oh, wow, we see something so interesting because... The main word for women in the New Testament is the word, um, oh my, what is that word now? Um, I'm just forgetting it. But there's a different word used here. And it's only used in this passage when Jesus spoke these words and in Romans 1. And it comes from the root word thele, T-H-E-L-E, which means... The nipple of a woman's breast. The noun of this word means just a woman's breast or a suckling mother. The verb means to suckle a babe at the breast. Ladies, that's the word that is used in this passage. Isn't that amazing? Jesus was saying that when he made male and female, he made the female to be a suckling mother. Oh yes, this is only just a season of your life. But in a mother who embraces mothering, it will be quite a few years, quite a lengthy season. And as this becomes part of her life, she will continue to be a suckling mother as she suckers others and brings comfort and blessing to them. It's, it's who we are as women, physically, literally suckling mothers, but then also innately uh, just nurturing and, and uh, just mothering. This is what it's all about. The word for male, too, is interesting. It's a word that means uh, to uh, lift up, to um, lift up a weight 
And so it's talking about a man who was stronger and able to lift heavier weights than the woman. It's talking about the, the, the greater brute strength of a man. And so these things come into the Greek words that are used there. So, ladies, are you nursing? Don't try to wean too soon. No, let your baby nurse as long as your baby wants to nurse. Some babies might just want to wean at one year. Some may want to wean at two years. But some may like to linger on for three or even four years or so. Of course, you're not nursing a little toddler like a little baby. No, it may be just that little nighttime feed or just when they're very sick or when they're hurting or when they're just frightened. But it, that you still just have that beautiful relationship. Just wean when they taper off, when they are ready to wean. And, and don't schedule your nursing and only nurse well at certain times. Oh, goodness me, that, that is ridiculous. Have you ever seen in your life an animal ever doing that? Well, I have to have my three Ali or four Ali schedule and that's the only time I can feed. No, you just watch a little lamb with its mother. It just nurses a little and just runs off a little way and then it comes back and has a little nibble again and th this little lamb nurses off and on all day you, you watch that with all the animal uh animals mammals Th that's just how they nurse it, it, it's it's just the natural way you think oh goodness me i just fed that baby about 30 minutes ago and it's still crying and oh goodness me but you see, darling ladies, nursing your baby is so much more than just feeding your baby. No, nursing your baby is mothering your baby. And so when your baby is crying and it's fretful and you don't even know what's wrong, you can just put the baby to the breast as you do that. Maybe you'll put it to the side that's a little more empty So, because they're wanting to suck. It's not just they're always wanting to get milk. They're wanting to suck. It's satisfying. It's comforting. It's consoling. You're bringing comfort and consolation and comfort to your baby. That's what mothering is all about not just feeding at certain times. It's total mothering. And as you do that, you are constantly flooded with oxytocin. And so you live this beautiful oxytocin lifestyle. Isn't it wonderful? And that's another amazing thing too uh, that happens when you nurse this way, which is, God gives a picture of this in Isaiah chapter 66, in the very last book of Isaiah. And God is um, giving a picture, it's an allegory about Jerusalem. But he likens Jerusalem to a nursing mother. And as we read uh, these words about Jerusalem, amazing. We don't read anything about feeding a baby. But this is what we read. I'm just turning to it now. All right. Verse 11. That ye may suck 
and be satisfied with the breaths of her consolations, that she may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then shall ye suck, ye shall be born upon her sides, and dandled upon her knees, as one whom his mother comforts. So will I comfort you, and you shall be comforted. And so as we read that, what are the words that we read? We read comfort, console, peace, delight. And and we read about not only a little newborn baby, but a baby that's being dandled on our knees and, and carried on our side, an older baby, a toddler, still nursing at the breast because it's mothering, it's beyond just feeding. But as we do feed, do this, mother like this, we feed our baby and the baby gets plump and cuddly and, and fat and, and chubby and so beautiful. And also, guess what? We actually have natural contraception. Wow. Now, once again, time is going so perhaps we'll talk a little bit about that next time because I know you've got lots of cons about that people say oh I was nursing my baby and I conceived well yes that can happen but let's talk about it more shall we and find out a few things all right we'll do that next time so let's pray father we thank you that as mothers together Young mums, middling, older, and even the teens and children listening. Because, Lord God, these truths are for us as women. And we need to know, Lord, your plan and your heart. I pray that you will minister to them and bless them, Lord, with your wonderful, wonderful word. Oh, God, the precious mums who are nursing their babies, I pray that you'll fill them with joy, the joy of being able to nurse and to be who you created them to be and to receive this beautiful hormone oxytocin and prolactin and all the blessings that you pour out. Lord, as older mothers, help us to be encouragers and teachers of the right way for the younger generation, I pray. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. One scripture as I close. We read it this morning in our family devotions. And it says in Jeremiah ten twenty three, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. How true. Ladies, we don't want to walk according to the steps of this world. Let's walk according to the steps God has chosen for us and that he reveals to us in his word. Amen. Amen.